0: And what he calls on you to do is what the the writer here says, what Isaiah says, I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God. You have been brought from lowliness, disgrace, ash, and shame, to glory, adornment, and beauty. This message is from Rock of Ages Lutheran Church in Payson, Arizona. Ancient faith for today's world december seventeenth twenty twenty three isaiah sixty one verses one to eleven you know of all the garments or clothing mentioned in the ancient world, probably the one that is most familiar to a lot of people is the the ornate robe that Israel gave to his son joseph and those that know the ornate robe that Joseph had probably are also somewhat familiar with the story of what happened with Joseph in that robe joseph ended up being thrown into a dark pit. His brothers took that robe and tore it away from him, stained it with blood so his father would think he was killed by a wild animal. And then they ended up selling Joseph as a slave to Egypt to some traders. And then Joseph found himself as an exile, probably enslaved for a time where he's just grieving his new position of lowliness. And then God raises him up to a higher position once more. But once again, Joseph's garment is torn away from him as he flees from sexual immorality. And that very same cloak, that wonderful robe he had as a high servant, was now used to accuse him. So Joseph is in the pits, in darkness, in prison. Once again, a foreigner, exiled in captivity. But then, Joseph is given the opportunity to appear and speak to the Pharaoh. And because God allowed Joseph to interpret a dream and help impress the Pharaoh so much, Joseph was lifted up. And Joseph, who had been in the pits in prison and captivity and darkness, was now told by the Pharaoh, he will be the second in command. Joseph was given a rich, royal robe from the Pharaoh, a signet ring and a gold chain around his neck. He was adorned and in the highest position in the land. the, The story The account of Joseph is really quite a marvelous account of how God can take someone who is in lowliness and in darkness and and turn everything around nearly overnight for them and bring them to a high and glorious position of dignity and honor. Does God ever do that for people besides Joseph? Well, today we look at his word and we see how God does that for us and he has done it for you. He has taken you from a lowly place and in the captivity and in the pits of darkness to lifting you up. And we see in the prophet Isaiah, he has given you a rich and royal garment, taking you from ashes to beauty, from abandonment to being adorned. That's what we'll see as we look at the word of our God in Isaiah 61. Now to understand what Isaiah is writing here, first of all, we have to Consider what was happening in the time of Isaiah and shortly after. You see, Isaiah writes of a time when the people would lose their beauty. The city of Jerusalem would have its its walls torn down by the Babylonians. This temple, which had stood for nearly 400 years of Solomon and all of its beauty, would be brought down to a heap of ash. And the people would be dragged away in captivity, tens of thousands of them, brought to a foreign land, held in captivity and exile. And you can imagine how they were weeping, the loss, the shame, and how things had turned for them to be so awful as they're sitting in the ash heap, those left behind in the land looking at the torn walls and their ruined state. But God had a promise. And what we see here in Isaiah 61 is a a sevenfold word of restoration that he would bring his people. He says here, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me. Because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. To proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn. God was going to release them from their prison. Proclaim freedom for the captives. He was going to make them restored and bind up the broken. But God was going to do more for that than the people, than simply free them from their captivity. He was going to provide for them new garments of dignity and glory. It said, as it goes on, to provide for those who grieve and bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. God was not going to simply free them. He was going to give them rich new garments. He was going to turn around their situation so much, he would free them and give them a high state, a complete turnaround. You know, the story almost sounds like a Cinderella story. One being brought from lowliness to suddenly overnight lifted up. That Actually, I'm, I'm told the, the story of Cinderella has over 500 versions. Such a popular story. There is one version that's found in China that dates back over a thousand years of someone going from rags and poverty and prison to royalty. And there's a Greek version that includes someone who's brought up from poverty to royalty with new garments. The Greek version is even older at 2,000 years old. But actually, The oldest account of someone going from riches to rags besides Joseph is perhaps one that includes you. It's this one in Isaiah that he is going to bestow a crown of beauty instead of ashes, a garment of praise. This is not just fulfilled for the people of Israel, but for you. You know, God did do this for Israel. He brought them back from the land of captivity. He freed them from prison. He allowed them to be adorned as the walls of the city were once again rebuilt. The temple was rebuilt and everything seemed to be fairly restored. But what Isaiah speaks of here is fulfilled also for you. That God has taken you from a lowly place to a place of dignity. You might wonder how this is met in us as you say, I'm not in prison. After, we're not sitting in captivity in a foreign land. We aren't enslaved or sitting in darkness in some cell somewhere. We don't find ourselves grieving and mourning the destruction of our land. But the problem that Isaiah is addressing is far greater than merely the ruined city. What he's speaking of, if if you look back at the first chapter of Isaiah, the problem is sin. He says our sins are like scarlet. They're as red as crimson. And that, that stain, that is the problem that we must address, that we face. You see, the darkness and gloom of sin leaves us condemned, leaves us enslaved and in captivity. You now, people try to address this issue It's actually kind of sad to hear what what I was listening to when I heard a a commentary on the, the social trends that were going on. And someone was talking about how there's this almost epidemic of people altering their bodies. They inject material into their lips to make them appear more puffy and full. They pull back the skin on their face. Even men do it. They transplant their hairs so it looks like they're perhaps not as bald. Or they buy expensive clothes. They undergo surgeries. They hammer their nose. For what? To what end? They're fighting against the captivity and the curse that we sit under. All of us must age, and the darkness of sin and death, gloom hangs over us. It doesn't matter how much we try to fix it, we can't make it any better. You know, actually the original Grimm's fairy tale story of Cinderella, apparently the, the stepsisters mutilate their toes so that they can fit into the slipper kind of a gruesome detail. You can understand why many of the movie productions keep out. But it was almost what we try doing as we go against the curse and our own captivity. As we try to fix our own situation, we end up only making things worse. We need restoration. We need what Joseph had, a complete turnaround and new garments of dignity instead of shame. And instead of ashes and sorrow and grief, we need God to clothe us That's what he does. This section of the scripture goes on as the people of God respond at the end of the chapter. I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of his righteousness. As a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels, God has given you this complete turnaround. You see, it all happens through a man who had that turnaround. You know, Joseph is probably not actually the most famous and well-known story of one who went from dirty clothes to a high position. No, that, that one belongs to Jesus of Nazareth. There he was, When he came to this world one who had been in the highest place enjoying glory with the father wrapped in majesty from eternity but then he chooses to come down wrapped in swaddling clothes and placed in a feeding trough and jesus of nazareth the man walked in such lowliness with regular clothes clothes that eventually were torn off of him as his back was beaten and as he was bloodied and hanging on a cross he went to the lowest position. And there he was crying out, Father, why have you forsaken me? As he's placed in the lowest place, given up his life as he dies and breathes his last. His body placed in the dust of death in the tomb. But Jesus of Nazareth came to fulfill these words. When he began his ministry, he said, These words of Isaiah 61 are fulfilled in me. They start with, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. He's anointed me to proclaim good news. Jesus fulfills this prophecy and he came to bring you the righteous garments of salvation. In your place he died. In your place he took the shame and the guilt and the curse and death and condemnation. And you In his place, receive the righteous garment. You receive that robe of righteousness that he earned and he won and gives to you. These words are fulfilled as the scriptures declare, whoever is baptized into Christ has been clothed with Christ. And you now have his righteous garments. And I mentioned how Jesus' story is the greatest from lowliness to being lifted up. He came out of the tomb, set aside his burial clothes and folded it aside and rose to life in glory. And it's the glorious living Jesus who promises us that we have these righteous garments of salvation. You know, changing your clothes, of course, doesn't really change who you are. We know that. In fact, uh, sometimes it can be kind of ridiculous When I first started the seminary, I I hadn't really ever been tailored or fit for a suit and even then I didn't have one. I just purchased what I thought was a nice looking sport coat that kind of fit. Apparently, someone in my seminary class had to tell me, you're not supposed to leave those cloth labels on the sleeve. I didn't know. So he kindly told me you're supposed to take those off. Probably looked ridiculous. And then also, when I finally did get a, a tailored suit, There were times when I'd show up for worship and my collar was unfurled. Or maybe there was that one time, I can't forget, when I had tucked my pant leg into one sock. I may have been wearing nice clothes, but I probably looked ridiculous. See, the the nice clothes aren't so much what change you as a person, but they are given in love. And they are given to bring dignity and honor to the person who, is have, who wears those clothes. They indicate a higher position and status. God has given us his righteous robes, he has given us a new position and a new place. And we have those righteous garments from the living Lord Jesus because of what he's done. He's not simply given us an artificial, superficial covering. No, he has cleansed our hearts, he has freed us from captivity. He's given us a new status and his righteousness is ours. It's a whole turnaround in Christ. You know, finally, when I did graduate from seminary, someone gave me a gift and they said that they would pay for two full tailored suits. The the shirt, the pants, the shoes and everything. So I had my first tailored suit and I got fitted and I wore that suit. Now, yes, at times I did look ridiculous because I wasn't wearing it right. But you know what, what made the difference is that someone had given that to me. That it meant that somebody cared and that somebody in love wanted me to know that they were glad I had graduated from seminary and they wanted me to feel the, the part as I had some suitable clothing. God has taken us as sinners. Sinners who cannot fix our own situation but he has given us new clothing. And he doesn't ask us to prove the part. There may be times when us righteous as we are as sinners may stumble into the problems of sin and guilt and maybe think we ought to sit in the shame of our own sin. But our Lord loves us. He's revealed this announcement and proclaimed good news to the poor, a new righteous garment. He's adorned you with his righteousness. He now delights in you as his forgiven child. And what he calls on you to do is what the the writer here says, what Isaiah says, I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God. You have been brought from lowliness, disgrace, ash and shame, to glory, adornment and beauty doesn't matter what circumstance, as the Apostle Paul says, you face. It doesn't matter what you're doing and what you've done in your life. What matters is what God has done for you to live a new life, rejoicing in Him and praising Him because the King comes with garments of salvation. Rejoice in your new clothes. Amen.